You're listening to Radio Influence. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Hey everybody, welcome to Duffified Live. It's a happy Friday over here in the beginning of spring. I love this time of year. I'm not going to lie to you. It's my favorite time of year. The whole thing that we can talk about on a on a a a, uh, a physical level, it's warmer outside. People are a little bit happier. Uh, on a spiritual level, it's the, the time for new growth uh, for us as humans as well as for uh, that's coming out of the ground. Leaves are now back on trees. It's no longer gray up in the sky. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. So you can't beat it. Springtime is fun. So uh, before we get into our guest for this week, uh, what I want to do is kind of tell you guys a little bit about what's been going on in the restaurant, where my brain is. Um, you know, it took me a, a couple of weeks to get back into restaurant mode. Um, you know, after traveling, flying, appearances, cooking, one-hour shots, two-hour shots here and there, uh, I was kind of thrown back into the restaurant, which I love. I love being in the restaurant. I love preparing the product, getting it ready, explaining it to my guests and getting it out. I love working with my staff. I love being able to educate them and grow them um, into better individuals and better human beings. I have a good young crew of guys in the kitchen. I've got a great crew of, uh, of staff up front uh, that comprises of, um, of my daughter, my sister, my niece, my other daughter, like everybody's there. So it's like a family affair but in a professional setting, which is kind of fun to me. Like I'm really enjoying it. But I think the thing for me that is the most important is I'm, I'm creating connections with my guests that I haven't done in a really, really long time. There is something to be said about that conversation that happens over the phone. There's something to be said about me being able to explain the food to a guest rather than a a hostess or a cashier picking up the phone, you know, Ardmore Q, how can I help you? And then them saying, what kind of ribs do you guys have? And then there's always the, what kind of ribs do we have? Because they're not used to that question because they're a 16-year-old cashier or a 19-year-old cashier. They're not used to that question. So, and they, in reality, probably never knew there were other different types of ribs in the first place. So what are they doing? They're stopping. Hold, please. Let me ask. Oh, they're pork. And then they go back They're pork. Well, what kind of pork? What is, where's what, you know, what kind of cut is it? Is it a St. Louis? Is it a, a baby? So it's like for me to be able to educate my staff as much as possible about the product that we have. And I'm one of those guys who, if like I get a question over the phone, that I would realize that my staff might not know that I turn that into a teachable moment where I pull everyone like, Hey guys, just so you guys know, we have one style of ribs that we do here in the pork world. It's a St. Louis rib. This is what it is. This is how it comes together. This is what we do. 
Like I try to turn those into teachable moments and then I will listen to my staff when they're on the phone with the guest and try to turn that into a teachable moment as well. I want new employees to come and hang out with me. Uh Oh, I got a yawn. Oh my God. I got a yawn. (sighs) You know, I turn these into teachable moments and then I will also bring like, if my daughter's coming in, like my daughter, Fiona, who's been kind of locked down for the last couple of weeks hasn't really worked in the restaurant. So now I'll bring her up with me and let her listen to my conversations with the guests. I have a rule of always smiling when you answer the phone, trying to have fun with the guests while they're on the phone in a short amount of time as possible. So that to me has been one of the greatest takeaways from this whole thing is that reintroduction to my staff, the reintroduction to my guests when they're coming in and really understanding that they are just, they just want to be safe. You know, they're still a little concerned. They're still a little bit afraid. We have the occasional person who comes in, you know, who's like, I don't give a shit. I don't want a mask. Although you have to wear them when you come in with us. But, you know, we really have a gen, a population that is genuinely concerned about the safety of what it is that we're doing. They're trusting us that we're going to give them a super safe product that we are not going to get anybody sick in any way whatsoever. And we take all the practices that we need to make sure that that happens. I talk to my guest all the time and I, and I have a saying all the time, we have an opportunity to kill somebody on a daily basis. We have to make sure that we are doing our job to make sure that we're serving a product that is safe for the guest. So there's always a mask. There's always a glove. There's always a wipe down. There's always a sani bucket. There's always stuff and put practices that we put into place. And then when that guest walks in, we want them to feel as comfortable as possible. So we've gone that extra mile. I've got wipes next to the computer. We'd like to do a scanning as opposed to touching as much as possible. You know, there's a lot of cool things that we've added into play to make it as easy as possible for our guest. So, That's kind of where my, I go with that. That was my rant for this week, but guess what boys and girls this week on the show, I have a guest who is the executive chef ready for this. The weirdest thing ever, Michigan state university. I can't do it like that. I yawned in the middle of my introduction. There's something wrong with that. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to back up and I'm going to do it again. So boys and girls do me a favor this week on the show. We got Kirk Kwiatkowski, who is the executive chef for Michigan State University. You thought you were busy? Imagine being the chef for thousands upon thousands. I think he said he feeds 30,000 people a day. 30,000 a day. Boys and girls, do me a favor. Get yourselves ready. We got Chef Kirk Kwiatkowski on the phone, and I'm excited. Let's do this. Good morning, Chef. How are you today? I'm outstanding. How you doing, my man? I'm good, dude. I'm good. How it's been? Uh, we what's it been? Two years? Yeah, I was trying to figure that out, and it seems like it's been about two years since we met. And that, that was out in uh, uh, up in Guerneville, California. Yeah, man, that was a blast. I mean, what just- an amazing event. Yeah, you've got, you know, and I'm thrilled to have been able to connect with you through all of that to, uh, you know, just the culinary industry, how fortunate we are and the connections that we're able to make. We have, I mean, and Emily and the the entire team at uh, Evans Hardy Young, they put on uh, great events, man. And I mean, like friendships that have kind of carried through for the last couple of years. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just fascinating. And, you know, I, I wish that I could get back out there to be more a part of that. Right. Cause yeah. Emily and her team just, just so amazing and top notch and the people they're bringing in and, and what a way to spread more of our knowledge in this industry. Yeah. You know, then to bring us all together because, yeah, you know, exactly. You know, part of it's the hanging out in the kitchen, obviously, but then it's the everything else, just sitting there getting to know each other and how much we have in common and to learn stuff from each other, man. It's a blast. It, it, so, you know, okay. So what, what, first off, let's do this. So who, why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, how people can get in contact with you? Sure. Uh, my name's Kirk Wykowski. I'm the corporate executive chef from Michigan State University. Uh, Lansing, Michigan, or East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, you can get a hold of me on Instagram at chef.kurt, K-U-R-T. Uh, Twitter is chef underscore Kurt. Or you can look me up on Facebook at uh, Kurt A. Kwiatkowski. There we go. <laughs> All right. So where? So what we're talking about is we're talking about um, Kurt and I had met at an event called Camp Walnut up in Guerneville, California. We got to stay um, in basically up on the Russian River in, an, yeah. in a luxury Airstream park. <laughs> that was yeah. like total glamping across the board, only with booze and fire pits <laughs> and food and cooking and friendships and late night quiet yeah. talks. Yeah, you know, and it, it's so funny when you you all the different industries of people that are represented, but so many similar characteristics and themes throughout. Yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. And, and they're, 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 so this, this company is called Evans Hardy and young. And what they do is they're basically a marketing firm and Emily Nordy, who is just a wonderful, wonderful human has oh. become a very good friend of mine over the last couple of years. And she is like a social mixologist. She just puts people <laughs> together really well. She, Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And she just is an amazing human. Um, yeah. So very giving, really, right? And knowledgeable about so many different things. And she um, really loves... She, I mean, and you can genuinely feel her interest in the passion that her and her team put into events, but I feel like we're doing a commercial for those guys. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the other thing that I, I really took away from that too, was to go out like into the fields yeah. and to see walnuts being grown and harvested. Right. I mean, how cool was that to ride in that machine to shape the walnut oh tree? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's something that you know, we're so, we're, we have, uh, honestly, I talk about abundance right now. I, I'm talking a lot about abundance right now because of what we came from. You know, eight weeks ago, we had the world that literally at our fingertips with, you know, I want walnuts. Okay, we'll hit a button and they'll be delivered to your house. Or I need a new pair of shoes. Or I want a bike. Or, you know, I want uh, a new underwear. Whatever it is, it's literally a fingertip away. Yeah. You know, and, and now it's like we've kind of slowed down a little bit, <laughs> kind of gotten back in with the family and stuff. I think it's kind of been a good break. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's fascinating how s so many people and so many of my friends, you know, trying to, I've tried to take the time to become 
more introspective and obviously kind of like resharpen all the tools in the shed and maybe learn whatever else I can. Um, but, but to hear so many people in, in just such a short time ago say, man, I'm so busy. Oh, I don't have time to do this. Oh, I don't have time to do this to now like, Hey, we got the time now. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. We, now we've got time. Mm-hmm. So, so where, you know, this show has had a crazy kind of, kind of transformation from so the original idea of it was the travels of, of me and my life around the world mm-hmm. with the flying a hundred thousand miles a year and traveling and cooking and restaurants and shows and all that. And the experiences to over the last, I mean, we're 137 episodes in, I think you're 138. Woo-hoo. So in that time frame, we've really transformed or morphed into just a conversation with chefs. So we hear from different levels of chefs in all area. We've talked to the executive chef from McDonald's to independent operators, to corporate execs for major corporations. Mm -hmm. I think you're somebody that I I really loved talking to during the time frame when we were out there and that I've kind of enjoyed following some of the stuff that you do on social media and whatnot. I mean, how how did this affect you guys? It was, it was pretty crazy, right? Um, you know, we're an operation that does anywhere from 38 to 40,000 meals a day. And that's just in our residential dining. So we have 10 all you care to eat facilities and we're serving 38,000 to 40,000 meals a day. And on Tuesday, when the order came that we were going to be, Uh, Tuesday is when classes were being told that they're going to online and everything was changing here in Michigan. Um, So that Monday we did 38,000 and some meals by that Friday, March 16th, we were down under 10,000 meals. So it, it was a, it was a severe shift and pivot in a very, very, quick way. And, and to be a part of a team that's able to, to do that, it's fascinating. You know, we're pretty lucky because we've got our own procurement team. So we don't have like a a prime vendor, right? So we deal with Cisco and Gordon, but we also deal direct with Hormel and Tyson and Pilgrim. And, you know, I'm not trying to plug any of those companies, but, um, you know, it's just partnerships that we have just because of the sheer volume that we bring in sure. of products. Um, and to like all of a sudden put the brakes on it and go, whoa, all right, we need to adjust. And I think we're now on plan O. <laughs> we started with plan A. I think we're down to plan O on but I mean, how we've see- changed. And you guys just came back from spring break, right? Right. We had just come back from spring so break. You and- guys were geared up. I mean, well, let me ask you. So I'm going to oh, ask yeah. a couple of questions that are, are a little bit weird. Like on an average day, what what kind of an inventory are you guys holding? Um, on an average day, it, we have on campus within everything well over a, a million dollars. 
okay. probably 1.6, 1.8 million across campus. Okay. That's just so, in our dining. Okay. So now how, and do you have any idea where you guys are as of now? Uh, no, you know, right now what I do, we've got a pretty slick setup. So we do weekly inventories and, um, each one of the units, whether they're open or not, there's an inventory. And so as chefs start to write menus for the week, cause I basically told the chefs and throw your normal menus out the window, right? Because the only thing we're going to buy externally is either going to be a paper product you know, a disposable type product to, to package something right. or a cleaning product. That's it. We don't need it. We we've got enough in house. Food. Sure. Right. And so we've gone to, I, I put them on like a, a five day, five to seven day um, menu rotation. Okay. And then as they would put it out, they would say, okay, chef, I need the following ingredients because I don't have them in house and I'd go find it for them. Wow. And whether it's, across campus or at our food store. So we literally have our own food store. So we have our own facility warehouse that has a freezer as well as dry goods and refrigerated goods. Right. And so it's become a huge game of, okay, well, we don't have this. What do we have? And it's kind of become, you know, as a chef, right. You know, it's like the ultimate mystery box because, you're, you're basically given these ingredients. This is what we got to play with. Now let's make some delicious food for all of our guests. Yeah. And it's, it's been pretty cool. And I, I'd say one of the coolest things that we did, and, and that's, you know, I'm here on campus today kind of wrapping things up because we just consolidated three more units and now we're down to one. Wow. Like when we go to this, there's obviously still product because you have to have produce in every unit. Right. Uh, and you run it as close as you can, but you're still going to have some leftovers. So what we've been doing is we have a, a food bank that's on campus and all of the ingredients that are extra, we basically that we know we're not going to use at the other unit that's still open. We turn them into meals, chill them, you know, cook them off, chill them up, package them. And we're sending them off to the, our food bank. And we're going to let them distribute it not only to the Spartan community, but also the uh, the kind of greater Lansing community, too. Oh, my God. That's awesome. And have you guys always had a food bank on campus or is this something that's happened out of this? Uh, it, we've had it for quite a few years, um, but the importance that it plays has grown exponentially. Sure. Since March. Just and you know, the infrastructure that they have, they're only set up to handle so much. Right. And so like when we did a huge shift in March, we ended up having to lend them a refrigerated truck oh, with product that we produced for them because they can only have so much stuff right. in their coolers at one given time. Wow. And, but, but it's, it's touching and it, it makes you feel good through all of this to, to know that, you know, you're doing the right thing. And, and it's heartbreaking to see it all going on in front of you. Nonetheless. Yeah. It's tough. Wow. So, okay. So now are you guys hearing anything at all about summer semesters? I mean, about, about, you know, coming back in the spring or into uh, fall? 
Uh, well, right now for fall, we don't know what it's going to look like. I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've heard this before, but I think the, what was is not to be again. And I right. think we're going to be looking at a new norm. Um, and that's still unknown. I don't think that decision is going to be made until sometime in in mid to late June for us to find out what classes are going to look like. You know, in, in a perfect world, we're going to be opening up our doors and we're going to be welcoming the Spartan community back here in full force. Yeah. Um, uh, but but our president, you know, we've got a brand new president here on campus, too. Um, and. And the, he's a great leader. And, you know, how cool is it that he's actually an infectious disease doctor? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's that's where he came from. And so oh, he yeah, him awesome. and his wife both, you know, so I'm going to listen to what they have to say. And, sure. and, you know, what a what a great leader to have at your university institution because he's going to help navigate us the right way. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really pretty cool. What amazing, like, what a weird turn of events for that to be, yeah. you know, during this in the midst of that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, my, my, uh, my concerns obviously are with a lot of our more local, smaller things that we've got going on. Uh, we have a student organic farm on campus that's just over 10 acres. That's nowhere to put that food. Well, we have, well, not just that, they don't have staff out there to run because it's all done by students. And if students aren't supposed to be on campus, so we're working through that. Um, But yeah, I mean, our numbers are are nil. Uh, We're down to serving about 450 meals a day right now. Uh, And then our retails may be doing 200 tops. Now, who are you guys still serving? Well, we still have uh, quite a few uh, students that can't get home because we're right now on a break. Last Friday was, um, what is it, Friday, May 1st was the last day of classes and exams ended. And this is kind of a float week. And then summer semester starts up uh, next week. Now, that's all online. Sure. But we we still have students that either can't get home for one reason or another that are are here and we're housing them. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's tough. Yeah. And, well, we've got some fam- I mean, we've got fl- family housing, too. Right. So yeah. um, this is their home. They, they're not going anywhere. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And trying to, you know, so trying to look into the crystal ball right for the fall to figure out what it should look like or what it can look like and how can we do the best for our guests. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the things that we do, you know, I think college and university food services are, are very understated and people don't realize what we do and how we do. Well, um, it's, it's funny. I never thought about it mm-hmm. until I guess Probably 15 years ago, I remember hearing that Villanova University won like best food program in the country on a college campus, mm-hmm. like whatever it was. And then, and I kind of, and I was like, well, that totally makes sense. 
You know, like they have pro, they have food programs. They need to provide food for students as well. It's not like they're in prison. You know, right? I mean, mm-hmm. these kids that have discerning palates that have dietary restrictions that have religious restrictions that have, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, different tastes and likes and and diverse backgrounds, and you're feeding every one of them. Yeah. And that's that's got to be mayhem at some time. <laughs> it's a lot to look at. And so, you know, it's a lot of moving pieces because, you know, even if you're staying at, let's say, the Ritz-Carlton for 110 days in a row, eating breakfast, lunch and dinner there, man, you're going to get a little bit disappointed in the menu, right? right? At some point, you have to. I mean, so being able to, to not only give them what they want, but give them the variety that they need so they don't feel like, Oh God, I got to see this again. Yeah. Oh, I got to do this again. Um, but on the flip side to that, the funniest part is like one of our biggest sellers are still burgers. <laughs> of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cause, Cause why not? Right. Right. Sure. Now when you guys when you came back and I'm going to kind of, I hop all over the place, but when you came back from Walnut, like what was your, you know, were you ready and ready to go with Walnuts? Did you like, how did you kind of handle that? Yeah. You know, I think what I took away from that or being people, being around people like you um, who are just so passionate about the industry that, that not only got me like Emily and her crew got me ramped up for Walnuts being around people like you, got me ramped up and excited about food as a whole, you know, and then you bring that energy back to my chef team here. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Like, Oh God, <laughs> chef's got another hairbrain idea. Yeah, I love that. My poor staff. And I've got a little crew. I got rid of everything. I've got a little crew now and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. He's back from a trip. What are we doing now? Yep. That's exactly right. It's like, and, and they'll try and like, usually, you know, the, my exec chef team. So like, we've got things broken up where kind of a brigade system. So I've got, we've, we've got executive chefs in each neighborhood, executive sous underneath them, sous chefs underneath them. Um, but usually, you know, the exec chefs are like, Oh, so let's see. He was in California. Right. Oh God. Now what's it going to be? <laughs> Oh, he was in Texas. That probably means barbecue. What's he going to come back with now? Right. But yeah, you know, I I think with the whole walnut thing, it was, I think, how can we and what can we do instead of it just being a topping? How can we make it a focus? Right. You know, and, and we've got so many different student groups on campus and we had a blast with a couple of dishes. And one of the dishes that actually we kind of did there. Um, that walnut bolognese and yeah, yeah, you know, and so that became like a staple for us, the, the walnut bolognese. And then we kind of created our own walnut chorizo, uh, for a breakfast and we actually turned it into a, a walnut lentil chorizo. Um, and that, yeah, just with some nice French lentils and, we blend those together and, it, and it's a great, cause we've really focused, I'd say over the last year, maybe a little bit more looking at that idea of plant forward, um, trying to, and, and moving away from, um, 
for lack of a better term, those analog meats. Sure. Um, they have a place. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and I'm not trying to beat up on them by any stretch, but I do. It, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> about but, but, you know, every time I get a chance to talk with students, especially uh, people that are more the vegan, the vegetarian, the more I want more plants, I want this, I want that. The last thing they ask for is that. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, it got me really jazzed up to say, how can we put this at the center? But also, you know, one of one of my biggest things here is dealing with allergens um, and, and making sure we have things tagged accordingly. Oh, sure. um, I mean, that, that's doing- got to be a nightmare. <laughs> yes, because, it is. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, look, we're, we're all pretty pretty straightforward at this point that a lot of things, these, these allergens and a lot of these things have really started to rear their ugly head over the last 15 years. Oh yeah. 20 years. Okay. Especially to the extreme that it is now. And when you, when you take a look back at the age group of all these kids that are now going to college, you guys are getting hit with it almost before we do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so let's just, I don't know if you have this, these answers or not, but like what percentage of the student body would you say at this point is vegetarian or even vegan? You know, I'd say on the vegetarian side, um, well over 10%. And, and I'm going to okay. probably put it in the mid to high teens. Okay. Um, again, I would say exclusively vegetarian. We don't you know, not to say the lacto ovo type thing, um, but, you know, and, and obviously certain things, I think there's more selectitarians out there, I agree. <laughs> you know, oh, that looks delicious. Today I'm going to be a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, but I think the trend, what we've seen, uh, the people that want to eat more that way is it, it's at least double that amount. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, a health, I think it's a healthier option. And I think it really the health is. option of things has been put in front of kids as much as the opportunity for allergens and, and likes and dislikes. You know, I mean, I grew up in a house that you had to try it no matter what it was. My yep. girls grew up in a house. You had to try it. You may not like spinach today. You might like it the way that I do it tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. so my children are a little bit more adventurous when it comes into stuff like that. But when I look at my 16 year old daughter's friends who were like, I will not eat this. I don't touch this. I'm afraid of this. I'm allergic to this. And this is what I'm going to eat instead. That it's almost like, let's go through the deductions first before we try to make dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's tough, man. You know, one of the things what I'm starting to see more of is multiple allergies. Yeah. And multiple choices. So now you have people that choose to be a vegan, but now also don't want gluten or I'm gluten intolerant and I can't have corn or and the, right. it, it's it's these doubles and triples um, that are fascinating. And, and one of the oddest ones that we had last year was she was anaphylactic to carrots carrots really oh yeah i mean it's funny dude i just heard i had somebody in the restaurant the other day who called me and asked if i used carrots in anything (laughs) because they're allergic to carrots and i was like well you know 
we use it in 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 our coleslaw. We use it in our collard greens. I mean, yeah. I don't use it in a tremendous amount, but I really had to go back through and kind of rethink, mm-hmm. you know, what it was that I had. Right. But, oh, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty crazy. Well, like this girl was so much so that like uh, vitamin water, vitamin water if it has beta carotene in it, oh, which most of the vitamin waters we carried had it in there, so she couldn't have any of that. Um, but, but the cool thing was what I've seen a shift in at least is, um, face-to-face communication. We're starting to see more of it finally, instead of just the text or a social media post. (laughs) What what do you, what do you mean in that way in in regards to -to face-to-face? So they're okay with coming and talking to us. Now they might need a little poking and prodding from mom or dad, but right more students are, are becoming more engaged right. in a face-to-face conversation about, you know, Hey, I, it, instead of, well, I didn't like that. So I'm going to rant about it on social media. You know, it's sure. like having, you know, 20,000 Yelpers going around every single day. And, oh, and if, and if you don't have, you know, you have one that doesn't like something, you know, they're going to blow you up about it. But now we're starting to see more people uh, coming and talking face to face. And it's been really good to see. That's cool, man. That's mm-hmm. cool. So now how long have you been there? So I've been in my current role. It's been 11 years, but I've worked for the university for 23 years. Oh, geez. Yeah. So it's so funny because I started here. Um, and I had taken a hiatus from being in the restaurant industry and the hotel industry, came back to finish my college degree. And I got out of college and they're they're like, I kind of wanted to be a, a food and beverage director, right? Because whether it was a hotel or a restaurant, someone in a suit was always telling me what to do. Right. <laughs> and whether I agreed with them or not, All right. You're my boss. And I'm like, well, hey, if I can get to that level, maybe I could do some cool things. Yeah. Um, And so I'm like, well, maybe I can get a front of the house job. And I had a bunch of different job offers after I got out of college. Um, But all of them were like, look at this, this history of, you know, working in kitchens. We want you to be a chef. We want you to do this. I'm like, and I had one job offer for a front of the house job and it was here at MSU. And so I thought, I would take it, uh, be a banquet manager for a year or two, get that under my belt, and then go be a F&B director or something like that. Um, the delusions of grandeur. Um, and then I, I was a banquet manager for all of about two weeks. And then I got promoted to the restaurant manager of the hotel that we have here on campus to open that new place. And I opened that. And then, cause the background that I had, they wanted somebody that knew restaurants, but also knew food. Um, and then I created, then we got a liquor license. So I created a wine list and became a nationally recognized wine list that I created. And, uh, but then I had this jonesing to kind of get back into the kitchen. Right. And it was, all right, well, we're going to redefine what we do in residential dining. And we need to create this new space. So that idea, instead of cooking and waiting, so let's cook a meal and put it in a hot box and wait. 
and then serve people. We were cooking to flow. And then I got, I got brought in to change that, you know, from dining in 2006, you know, and it's, it's been a fun ride ever since. And what is the biggest change that you've seen? I mean, look, 11 years is a big time, but I think that Mm -hmm. you have a new batch of students that are hungry for education, hungry for knowledge. Yeah. What are some of the biggest changes that you're seeing within where you within where you are right now? From a from a food standpoint, I'd say from a from a service standpoint, they want it quick. They're 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 more on the go than ever. Um, from a food standpoint, they want the story. They want the they want the the in depth info of right. where did it come from. You know, uh, 10 years ago, is it fresh or is it froze? Okay, it's fresh. All right, that's good by me. You know, uh, to, to the student now going, you know, how was this raised? Is this a sustainable seafood? How can you verify this? Who are you working with? Uh, oh, this is a local. This is from Michigan. Oh, well, what farm in Michigan? And they, and I believe it's more, they have an interest to learn that. They want to know the story. They, they want to hear about maybe the farm that it came from or whatever. Um, and, and to be able to tell that story is a challenge uh, through our supply chain. You know, again, our support services does a phenomenal job to get us that information and to even be able to source all those ingredients for it. But I mean, these students want to hear that story. Um, of course, they don't always want to pay for it. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, you know, and, and, you know, one thing that I would say is I don't think organic is as important as it was just even a couple years ago. Um, the sustainability piece is by far the biggest thing that we have. Yeah. I'm, you know? I'm seeing that with, with, I agree. I think that the organic, the word, you know, a lot of the words are kind of going away and people do. They want the story. They want to know where it came from. How was it raised? You know, what yeah. was the process behind it? They don't want to know the whole process. But they want to no. know the process of what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of my people that I'm seeing, like most of the meats that we have in my barbecue spot are all natural meats. You know, we work pretty hard to have an all natural product so that we don't have a lot of shit getting thrown into people. And, yeah. and I think people respect that. You know, I mean, it's barbecue. First off, it's down and dirty barbecue. So um, in that regards, but people still want to know the story. Where did it come from? How did it mm-hmm. get here? You know, um, it's a big thing for us. So and that's funny to hear that that is, you know, I mean, because because in reality, in four years, what you're hearing in September you know, in four years is going to be walking out the, out of the doors of MSU and walking into the world, you know, with their demands and what it is that they're looking for. So you're seeing oh, yeah. almost first and foremost before anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it, it's funny because we've actually, uh, Microsoft came here um, to see what we were doing and how we were doing because they see it as they made it a tour to stop at some of the the college and universities across the U S to see what we were doing, because those are going to be their future employees. So what are we doing? Because if they can start doing things like that on some level, whether it's better or at least at that level, 
that could entice more um, of the higher caliber. You know, they get the pick of the litter. Right. Hey, you could work here at Google, but you know what? Here we have this, this, and this. Um, you know, so it's it's just pretty fascinating. Yeah. Huh. You know, one That's of the wild man. And I, I still say one of the other ones is still allergens. We opened up uh, um, an all-you-care-to-eat allergen uh, uh, certified, a third-party certification for uh, allergy-free from the top eight plus um, plus two. And it's, it's pretty crazy uh, to see the numbers from across campus going there to eat. It's, it's pretty neat. That's pretty wild. What what is it like? What do you guys? I mean, what what is the basic? Like, what are the top eight that you're seeing? So, what we've kind of deemed as the top eight are, you know, you obviously um, got wheat, dairy, soy, eggs, um, tree nuts, peanuts, fish, and shellfish, okay. and then to that you throw gluten and sesame. Wow. Hmm. So what are they eating? Oh, dude, um, the the sous chef that we had, you know, the chef that's running that, he's done a great job with the menu. Um, and this is where we get to throw our chef hat on and have fun. And because right. I had I had done a class at the CIA years ago about sous vide cooking, right? And um, I took a class from Rich Rosendale, who's sure. just, to me, a guy on a whole nother level. Totally. And, I, I you know, kind of totally. like, you know, my Yoda, you know, I'm a Padawan, you're the master. Um, and, and hearing him talk gets me jazzed up and, and I've learned so much from people like that. So taking that technology, um, and we, I created a slurry. And so we have on campus, the best chicken tender that you can get, um, whole muscle product. It's completely gluten-free, no dairy, no nothing in it. I mix up a slurry um, of just a couple simple ingredients with some salt and pepper. We sous vide the chicken for two hours. It comes out perfectly cooked. We roll it in uh, a mixture of cornstarch, uh, um, dehydrated potato, and right. gluten-free panko. And then we drop them in the fryer for like, a minute, minute, 15 seconds, and they come out perfectly crispy and just amazing. And it's a chicken tender. Yeah. Which in reality, no matter how old you are, I mean, I know my, you know, my 19 year old loves a tender just as mm-hmm. much as my 16 year old and my buddy's, you know, four year old. Right. So, that's a riot. That's cool, man. Yes. So to, and you'll have so many students be like, Oh my God, I, you know, to, to literally have people like, we have people from the community, the greater community that would tell people that live in Michigan. We had a, a family drive two hours to come here and eat oh, just wow. for that. And so that's that's kind of a cool, profound thing. But, yeah, that, so that was fun. <laughs> you guys are open to the public as well? Yep. Yeah. How yeah. many of your outlets we, are open to the public? Every single one of our dining facilities and retail wow. facilities is open to the public. That's wild. And uh, yeah. why is that? We're, you know, it's, it's, we're part of the community. We're, we're an open book. We okay. want people to come in. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that everyone gets to walk around on the floors or anything like that. 
Uh, it basically means you can come into our dining facilities. You can stop into a retail like one of our quick service restaurants. Uh, you can get something from our food truck or shop at our grocery store. Um, we're here for our community and right. anyone passing by. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's, it's been wild, you know, to, to say, you know, we've got a grocery store on campus to, uh, a couple of quick service restaurants to a food truck that we put together. Um, and, you know, plus our residential dining, it's, it's fun. It, it gets you excited about food. Um, now, now how many employees are working in the food aspect of what you guys are doing? Normally we probably have including students and what we call on call so it'd be students and people that work less than 20 hours a week. Okay. Uh, we probably have upwards around 2,400 people, wow. 2,500 people. Now, how many of those people are on campus working right now with you guys or, or at least over the last couple of weeks? Um, maybe 20, you know, maybe 400. Oh, okay. So you guys are still employing. Not yes. as much as you had before, but you guys Correct. are still employing a group of people. Right. And and so what a big part of our workforce is students. Well, they all were told to go home. So we lost right. a lot of our student workers. Um, and and a lot of people are you know, our, our quote unquote on calls are kind of seasonal. So um, as soon as May kind of hits, um, we're obviously a lot slower in the summer than we are during fall and you know, the rest of the normal season for us. Right. So a lot of them have other jobs that they go to anyway. So it's not as bad, but yeah, it's yeah. still pretty crazy. I mean, and, and right now we're in the process because it's, it's critical for us to get into all of our facilities and clean them. So like we have uh, 16,000, people that we house. Uh, right. So we have a lot of rooms. Now it's not 16,000 rooms, but there's still a lot of rooms that have to be cleaned uh, top to bottom and yeah. overly sanitized right now because we just don't know. Yeah. And we put a lot of our staff out into the halls and working in facilities for the next two or three weeks to get that done. I mean, I think, you know, what I'm now is, and as a father of a child who's in college and all that and seeing the, what has happened, I, I guess one of my big questions, I, I can't even imagine what's going to happen with tuition and, you know, the, the change from, you know, University of Pennsylvania just went up to $88,000 a year, you know, oh. like, how are you, what is the justification of that dollar yeah. amount now to an education where I'm not in a classroom. Yeah. And I think all the more reason why they want to bring people back. Totally. Because the, the campus experience, no matter what you do online, you can't have right. it. Well, and that's, and it's so funny. You, you nailed it because it's exactly what my daughter said yesterday talking about. She misses campus life. 
Yeah. She misses the ability to wake up, walk to go get breakfast somewhere, stop and see some of her friends, mm-hmm. stop by, a, you know, her buddy's dorm on the way back and then go to her room and study and, you know, yeah. go through that part of it. It's that independence that she's had in her mm-hmm. life that she really misses. Oh, yeah. And, and hearing from so many students, you know, it's the same thing. You know, they, they want to be here. Um, and obviously we want them here in the worst way, yeah. Um, but we want them here for all the right reasons and, and when the time is right. So hopefully we get it figured out. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Man, it's yeah. just a wild time. It's so weird. It, for Fox, it, 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 it is. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful to be here, uh, to be a part of this great team and, you know, continue to cook. I mean, it's kind of been fun at home. Like, you know, my kids, they split time with, uh, you know, myself and then with their mom. Uh, but man, it's been a blast having them around and getting them into the kitchen and getting them excited about food. And, uh, I'm very thankful for the, the information age, right. To, to show my kids some of this stuff. Um, because a while ago, I don't know that they would have been as open as they are today about trying different things. Yeah, I know. I know with my girls, that's a huge part of it. You know, I mean, we're, we're constantly kind of going back and forth on the stuff that we like and what we want to do. And, and especially now that we're in the kitchen, you know, I mean, I try to have the girls cook with me where we do my, my youngest daughters with with her mom. Um, during a lot of this because her husband works for a hospital. So, you know, and then my oldest daughter was at school. Now she's home. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't have them in the kitchen as much, but we do. We talk about it all week. What are we going to cook? Yeah. What's our next plan? You know, mm-hmm. we've seen some really neat stuff come out of it. Plus the opportunity for a lot of these guys that are in that independent world uh, as chefs who don't have you know, the luxury of the corporate world with some of the stuff that they do to be able to spend that time at home, Yeah, uh, you know, with the kids and be able to hang out with them and work through with what they're doing, and, you know, with, with the education and the co-parenting. Oh. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, and to see them excited about it. Like I texted, like, obviously, Hey, Cinco de Mayo. Um, oh, and we were talking last night, what are we going to have? And, uh, I'm like, all right, we're going to obviously do tacos. And, you know, my daughter was like, well, should we make tortillas? And so it was a little bit of a banter back and forth where we we were going to make corn or flour. So my son's going to make some corn tortillas and my daughter's going to make some flour tortillas if all goes well. And, uh, you know, so how cool is that, that they just want to kind of get in? I'd say my daughter's way more interested in it and has been involved in it. She just had her birthday. Um, uh, last week we celebrated a weekend or two ago and, you know, she's like, well, I'll help make the cake. And I'm like, cool. This is going to be fun. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think those experiences that we're able to give our kids, man, they're going to have that for a lifetime. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, the stuff you do with the, the stuff I see you do with your kids, I'm like, Oh man, I want to go do that with mine. So thanks for inspiring me <laughs> for doing some some fun stuff. Because yeah, I mean, those are the things that they're going to remember. Yeah, um, we just try to do cool shit. 
I mean, especially, yeah, right? you know, I mean, you know, you know, you, you're in the world as well. We work our butts off. It's just the nature of what we do. No matter mm-hmm. what level you're at, we're all working our asses off. I mean, you're feeding 35 to 38,000 people a day. I'm not feeding that, but we're working our butts off. Oh, yeah. You know? And, and, but then when you do, you get that downtime, you really want to, you know, I mean, I started last week. Okay. So what's going to happen is we're going to go for a bike ride. I want everybody over. We're going to do this. We're going to, you know, we're going to make dinner. What do you guys want for dinner? We start that process pretty early in the week. So mm-hmm. um, by the way, I still have no idea what we're cooking for dinner tonight. Just <laughs> not a clue. We haven't even got my youngest daughter wants sushi. And I'm like, eh, okay. All right. We'll do sushi. <laughs> Maybe. You know, so, yeah, exactly. But, um, well, that, I mean, dude, you know, normally it's fun, kind of funny because normally I end up, you know, with the, the final question of and, and what is good, you know, what are your plans kind of moving forward? But in reality, you don't know what those plans are because you guys haven't even been given any guideline as to what's going on yet. No, but, you know, I will say this, though. I think I think we're going to be given an opportunity. Right. I'm trying to see this as an opportunity yeah. to be able to maybe create something great. And, and to really take the time to like, wow, all of our guests when they come in. And it's not that we weren't doing that already, right. but maybe there's an opportunity. And, and how can we look at things from a, through a different lens or just in a different way? So it, instead of us maybe serving 35,000 meals a day, 38,000 meals a day, maybe we're only doing... 18,000. So right. if we're only doing 18,000 now, what, what can we do differently to heighten that level of food service to take yeah. it to a whole nother level of like, wow. And I'm, I'm not talking about giving a Michelin star food or anything like that. I, you know, I, I don't have delusions of grandeur, but you know, what can we use with technology and our brains and our creativity to take different ideas and, and take them and run with them. And, and it's so funny because I saw you at Promonte brothers. Uh, uh, or wait, where, uh, wasn't that where I think I was at, I don't know. When was I, 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 I'm just trying to think. Cause well, you were at a, a sandwich joint. Um, and I was at Gino's a little while ago and maybe, yeah. Maybe it was in Philly, but anyway, but I'm like, I like, I took some shots of some of the sandwiches and I talked to my retail team and I'm like, so when we think about creating retail, grab and go quick right. service restaurant, why can't we do this? What, what, I, I yeah, don't want sure. us to be able to say, well, we can't because right. it's like, well, why not? I'd rather look at things and say, why not? And how can we? Instead of no. Yeah. Oh, no, we can't do that. Oh, well, we're too big. Oh, well, we don't have the ability to. Um, well, let's figure out a way. We've, we've got the time. We've got the brain power. Um, let, let's make something like crazy and off the wall and, and, and really blow people's minds away. And yeah. just go, whoa. You know, we look at uh, uh, Spartan Experience right here on campus and and I think about some of the, the crazy things that we've created for Spartan Stadium. It's the, it, we've got a waffle. We did a waffle cone, you know, like a play on chicken and waffles, right? So a waffle cone with cheesy mashed potatoes at the bottom, 
uh, chicken tenders, coleslaw, and barbecue sauce. So that's fun. (laughs) There you go. Right there. That's awesome. So taking, you know, just an off the wall idea and how can we do something like that? Maybe just do it a little bit different, a, a little bit more fun. Um, and, and bring it to a whole nother level, um, for our guests, you know, I've been playing around with, uh, I'm a big fan of beats. I don't know about you, but I love beats and there are so many people that wrinkle up their nose at beats, Yeah, but I'm like, you know, I've, I had a, I wasn't a huge beat guy until the last couple of years. I mean, just the, the way that they've been changed and utilized and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's changed the, 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 I think the overall perspective of it. Yeah. And, and just that roasting process. And, you know, my, my, when I was a kid, yeah, when I was a kid, I absolutely hated beets. Uh, but then you go to a restaurant and you have an experience and you're like, Oh, I beets and goat cheese and fennel and orange and Holy shit. I love beets all of a sudden, but you know, we're playing around with a, a beet poke. So we're roasting beets and then we're throwing it like a poke marinade. So mm-hmm. when you get those beautiful beets, they kind of do look like tuna. Yeah. So you put mm-hmm. it on some rice and you've got your little, obviously, you know, taking a little liberty of what poke is, but a nicely roasted beet. Um, and we served it to some students and they were like, this is really good. Hey, you just yeah. ate beets. No. Now, do you guys have a, do you guys have a testing process for that stuff? Um, when you, you roll know, we, out new stuff or are you guys just tracking it? Uh, yes. And yes. Uh, we, we have, we use a, a, a recipe system, um, that we generate all of our recipes into. Uh, so we standardize every single recipe. Um, we have a a corporate kitchen that's kind of like an R and D test site. Uh, but I've, I've kind of, uh, tried to put more of it into my executive chef's hands and then the frontline staff's hands and get them involved because the more we get them involved and kind of, you know, put up the bumpers and tell them to stay within these lines, uh, the bigger the buy-in instead of myself or, or one or two people coming up with 20 new recipes saying, here you go. Now run these, um, kind of flip the script and just have them, you know, inspire them to come up with some and maybe nudge them with some, Hey, I need you to run this recipe for me or test this or come up with this. Um, And I think it's paid better dividends for us as an organization. Right. Um, And then use that testing facility more for, for, for different ideas. Like uh, we do sous vide soft poached eggs. So whenever we're doing a noodle bowl, sometimes we'll do it for breakfast, like a, a savory grain bowl for breakfast and things like that, or like congee with a nice soft cooked egg. Um, we have to have a variance in place and going through all the HACCP stuff. Um, but to test it, to come up with it, to work with our sanitarian on it, and then roll it out to everyone to use it. We're using that facility more for that. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's, that's been, cool. it's been fun. Well, it, I got it, a full idea now of what it's like to be in a college food setting. <laughs> Dude, you, you know, are always welcome here. You know that. Oh Whenever God, your travels take you to Michigan, 
I would I love to, come to out have you for, here. I want to come out and do like, are you guys, are you guys ever doing like group cooking events or outside cooking or any of that stuff? Well, we do every once in a while, like, I, and it depends, you know, so like, uh, the, a buddy of mine, you know, big MSU U of M rivalry, right? So yeah, we do a we do a cooking throwdown every year. Who's ever hosting the football game? Right. The the dining facility hosts the other one, and we okay. we do a throwdown. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, we do it with the national pork board, um, and so we've got literally this big pork board trophy. Uh, it's a huge cutting board that passes back and forth. Um, and I, I think we've got five years under our belt now. So it's, oh, wow. it's been fun. Yep. It's, it's nice to know that we're four and one in that event. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we'll do some other, sometimes we do some outdoor stuff. Um, we do a huge, we used to do a huge uh, campus picnic to kind of kick off fall. We probably won't be doing that this fall Yeah. Uh, where we have, it's called participation. We have about, 14,000, 15,000 students that we feed for a picnic. Wow. Um, but yeah, man, we, I mean, we do some cool stuff, whether it's a football game or we, we could, we're creative. We have good minds here. We can, we could come up with something fun. You know, if you're in Michigan, love to show you around, uh, have you out, test some food. We could yeah. come up with some fun little throwdown. I'd um, love to play. Love yeah. to play. Oh, dude, you're so creative. I love your energy about food and everything too. Thanks, so I, I think, you know, and bringing people like you to my, you know, not to my campus, but to MSU, dude, you inspire people around you. So that's awesome, right? They, they don't need to hear I mean, me. I'd love, about I'd love, I mean, I love, for me, the big thing is really, I love the education of what it is that we do. You know, mm -hmm. I think there's because a lot of people, I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to cook. But, and, and I think if we just break it down into the basics for them, well, here's a knife. Here's how to hold a knife. Start here. This is how yeah. I learned. This is how yep. you learned. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they gave you a knife and said, OK, this is a knife. Here's the seven different parts to it. And now you need to break down. a. You know, here's how to cut a carrot. Here's how to cut an onion. You know, mm -hmm. and then the products that we made from that. We all know what we made from that. We made stock. You know, where do we get the stock from? Where do we get the bones from? We had to break down the chickens. You know, yep. that's that process. We had to break down the fish. We had to break down the beef. We now know the different levels. And I think that once people get the basics of that, then you can start to move into uh, a lot of the other things. Whereas I see a lot of chefs that are out there that are, are, are teaching people how to cook a recipe, but they don't know how to adapt that into their own because they don't know how to hold a knife. You know, yeah. and, and if I'm making stir fry, the last thing I want to do is, you know, not have my vegetables cut the right way. <laughs> yeah. You know, no certain stuff that you have to do. There's technique that needs to be followed. So for me, that's where my fun comes into, man. Yeah. I really love that educational piece of it all. So, mm -hmm. but, yeah. Agreed, man. Well, dude, I want to thank you so much for hanging out and, and hopping on oh, with yeah. us for a while. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I liked it. Like I said, I really, a, a lot of the show is not only for the benefit of the guest. It's really the benefit of me. I mean, I like to be as knowledgeable as I can about things and to have an understanding of different working, you know, pieces of different working businesses and food outlets and the way that people do thing is really, you know, how it's made. is like my favorite show. You know, mm -hmm. it's the idea of knowing something. Oh, well, shit, I had no idea. That's how they made a spray paint can. 
you know, it's, I mean, I just didn't, I, I, I didn't know how to feed 38,000 people a day and what to do with a million dollars worth of inventory and how you rotate that. And you literally pivot at the drop of a dime when all of a sudden there's a pandemic and we got to get everybody out of here. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't think about that stuff. So, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. So I appreciate you hopping on with me and, uh, oh, yeah. and taking some time, dude, seriously. Uh, it was great to talk to you. Good to reconnect and, uh, you know, hope to see you sometime in the future. Yeah, man. So, hey, Kurt, do me a favor. Tell everybody again, just kind of who you are, what you do and how they can get in contact with you or follow you. Sure. Uh, uh, my name is Kurt Kwiatkowski. I'm the uh, corporate executive chef from Michigan State University. Uh, Instagram is chef.kurt. Um, let's see. Twitter is chef underscore Kurt. Uh, Facebook is just my name. And you can even see the cool stuff that we're doing. Uh, at eat at state, uh, whether that's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, you can see some of the kind of the cool stuff that the team here at Michigan state is working on and doing. That's cool, dude. All right, bro. Awesome. Thanks so much for hopping on. And, uh, I look forward to keeping in contact with you and, and catching up and following and all the good stuff, man. Awesome brother. Well, if you ever need anything, you let me know and, uh, take care. Keep cooking. I will. Cheers, brother. You uh, too. Right. See you, man. Bye. All right. See ya. See ya. Yeah, I remember, you know, being out there in California and meeting Kurt and and, and uh, I was just so interested in what it is that he did because there were, uh, you know, there was a group of chefs, there were probably 12 of us out there and we had, all, we had all different levels, not levels, we had different uh, areas, oh, these yards, I just can't get rid of them today. We uh, we had different, you know, a group of different people out there, everything from independence to change to college to, you know, full service hospitality outlets um, that uh, were all cooking in the same area. And the neat thing is, is one, the bond that was created while we were all out there. And then two, to be able to have that, you know, have that constant source of communication happen where, hey, chef, I'm heading to Michigan and, you know, I was thinking about this. What do you think about that? You know what I mean? And there's cool conversations that happen with that stuff. So so that's what I hope you guys get from this. Um, I appreciate Kurt for hopping on with us. So uh, uh, Kurt Kwiatkowski, uh, Kwiatkowski um, definitely check him out on all the Instagram stuff and Facebook and everything. Um, that's our show for the week. Uh, I want to get uh, all the thanks done. Um, but first, I want to tell you guys, you're supposed to go and uh, review us. I think on iTunes is what's supposed to happen here. Um, but other than that, I want you guys to thank the boys and girls all over that work this show pretty hard. Jerry and Jason at RadioInfluence.com. You got an idea for a podcast? These are the boys that you should be talking to. It's just that simple. Maggie Gagliardi does all of our illustrations. M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. That's Mag's Art on Instagram. And then you're going to follow that up with Michelle. Techno Solution. She's the one who does this. I love it. Everybody do me a favor. Take care. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is a place for my head quick fix on Radio Influence. You guys might know him from Puddle of Mud. You might know him from Operator. You might know him from Rev Theory. 
He's one hell of a guitarist, one hell of a songwriter. His name is Paul Phillips. I don't want to say that, you know, I, I had it as bad as some people. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't even have it as bad as Wes. Like I said, you know, he, he wanted that stuff. So he, he kind of seeked it out and didn't mind it, you know. But, you know, you know, that's what brought the drinking on for me because, um, it was actually when I left Puddle the first time and, and went to Operator, that's when I really kind of amped my, my drinking up and and kind of that allowed me to kind of get into a, a mindset of, okay, punch in your time clock. Okay, put on your little silly rock star costume. Go up there and jump like a monkey. Look at all the people, you know, make <laughs> your rock star faces. Get off stage, shake hands, sign autographs, you know, and then I would be the life of the party at the after party, you know. That's when I started meeting, like, all my heroes, you know. And the problem was, is, you know, that it, it didn't stop kind of when I, I got off the road, you know. I would come home, and like you said, with the, like, social anxiety, but it's just like if you kind of, if you have, like, a broken leg, you know, and, it's, and you're on crutches, and then your leg heals, but you keep using those crutches, and you keep walking, then your leg is never going to get stronger, and eventually you're just never going to be walking on your own because you're so used to walking on crutches, you know? So your right. muscles that allow your leg to walk are going to be completely gone, you know? So that's kind of the analogy. It's like it works in the beginning and then it turns you on you. I don't know how many books I've read, like autobiographies or behind the musics or, or whatever. Me too, man. You know, yep. where you, where you hear people say basically that it's like things work in the beginning, you know, it was, sex drugs and rock and roll then it was sex and drugs then it was just drugs <laughs> yeah you know yeah. so just, i was just about to say of, that yeah it has a way of sneaking up on you a place for my head with brandon thompson and jerry p tuck can be found on apple podcasts stitcher tune in radio google podcasts and radioinfluence.com